Okay, welcome to another episode of the Break It Down for Brackens podcast. Today, I am lucky to have Vicki Fields. Vicki started a new business called Elevate Your Team, which is a team building slash leadership consulting business. We are going to hear all about how that's been going and about uh, the Toastmasters because she's very involved with um, that group, which again, I'm really looking forward to learning more about. So let's see what she has to say. Hey there, Vicki. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing good. Excellent. I'm doing good. Let's start with your background. Um, where are you from? Did you go to school? Family life? All that sort of stuff. Where do you live? Sounds great. I grew up in Brunswick, Maryland, right across the river. My parents still live there. I went to school in North Carolina at Elon. It was a college then. I believe they're a university now, but many moons ago. That is where I traveled to. And then at some point... What year did you go to school there? Oh, man. I graduated high school in 98. And I think I did the five-year plan for college because okay. I traveled a lot instead of going to classes. And I had a good time. <laughs> I visited Elon a few times. It's a fun place. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then at some point, I stuck around in North Carolina for a few years and then ended up back in the Frederick County, Maryland area tromped around there for a little while, did some more travel, and at some point kind of settled down and focused in on my career a bit and ended up working out here in Charlestown and bought a home in Harper's Ferry and still live there to this day. Awesome. Awesome. Married? I am. I have a lovely husband. His name is Jonathan. He is currently working as an electrician, but for about a year, he worked at Abolitionist, which is where most of the town knows him from. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> say he's one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> right, cool. Um, so let's start off with uh, the Toastmasters, because I think of the two topics, that's the uh, lighter lifting. But <laughs> I mean, I've seen signs for Toastmasters right. as I'm passing through one town or another. And then I've heard about it and I really didn't know anything about it. So I haven't, I, I mean, I could allege you learn how to make toasts, right? But I'm wondering how long that lasts or how often <laughs> that goes on. So why don't you give me some background on where it came from or your involvement and how someone could get involved in a community like that? Sure. I love when people ask me about Toastmasters because they typically have that same response. You know, do you make toast? Is there drinking involved? How does this work? Mm-hmm. And my unfortunate answer to both of those questions is usually no. There's no toast, typically not drinking. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying that's how you got to figure out how your day goes. <laughs> and But Toastmasters is an organization that's international. They have clubs everywhere, and they've been around for a little over 90 years. I was in high school when my mother joined Toastmasters. She is kind of your classic accountant introvert and was basically told by her boss that there was no way she was going to be able to continue her career, you know, elevate it basically, without having better presentation skills. So she took it upon herself to figure out how to do that for herself, and she found Toastmasters. And through their program, she was able to better articulate her wants and her desires, and she was able to use that skill set in her work and be able to get that promotion she was looking for. It wasn't overnight, It took time. It is a self-paced program, so if life throws you curveballs, it's okay. Do what you need to do. But I think from being very young and seeing not only how she was able to apply that in her work life and get that promotion, but even at home, she was able to better articulate what she wanted, how she wanted to go about things, 
which I found amazing since she usually just let me and dad figure out what we were doing. All of a sudden she was like, no, I have an opinion. I'm going to tell you about it in a constructive way. And I thought that was really cool. Later in life in my career, I became heavily involved in training and development and wanted to provide a resource to the people that I worked with and the community in which I lived in to do exactly that. Focus on public speaking, focus on leadership skills. So I joined Toastmasters in 2012 just to reacquaint myself with what the program was, how it worked, how I would be able to bring that to our community, and then was very fortunate in 2015 and opened Hollywood Toastmasters here in Charlestown. Oh, wow. Okay. So immediately, I assume somebody's anxiety would go up if you're talking about public speaking. Absolutely. And, and leadership. Uh, what would you say like the weight of each of those two components are in the club or group or what is it? I would say 50-50. Yeah. I think people only see the public speaking because that's what it's always been focused for. Name, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's hit the name for it. But it's also about every meeting has a structure. So are you able to create and follow the agenda? Are you able to utilize your role to make the meeting better? Each meeting is prepared speeches, so people that are actually working through their educational program, they've taken time to put thoughts and organization and speech together, and they will stand up and, and share that with us. The middle section is impromptu speaking, so somebody gets up, has a topic that nobody knows what it's going to be, and then you stand up and talk about it for one to two minutes. About anything, honestly. I had a table topic once where I was told green and that was it. I had to stand up and talk about green for one to two minutes. <laughs> well, cool. So um, how do I ask? Uh, well, I guess walk me through, like briefly, walk me through a meeting. Mm -hmm. like, how does it, if I, if I should have for, for first meeting, once this whole COVID thing's over and you guys are meeting face to face, mm -hmm. how does that, um, how does that first impression seem? We like to think that we're pretty friendly and open. We get a lot of that feedback as well, and it's been a strong focus for us. So you'd walk in the door. Someone would say hi to you. Where do you meet? Ooh, well, right now there's no walking through the door. <laughs> Before all that, where, where did you meet? <laughs> we used to meet at the inn at Charlestown over at the casino. We were originally sponsored. Our original funds were given to us from the casino, so that's why we have the, the Hollywood name in our branch. Gotcha. And uh, that helps me set a kind of a background. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you'd walk into the, the inn and they have those very nice meeting rooms in the back and you walk into one of those. Someone's going to say hi. They're going to ask if you've ever heard of or been to Toastmasters before. And then they're going to probably sit near you and answer any initial questions that you might have. But the big thing for us is experiencing a meeting because I can tell you that it's prepared speeches, it's impromptu speaking, and then it's evaluation. So somebody stands up and gives a two to three minute evaluation on one of the speeches. And therefore, not only do you as the person who gave the speech learn about what was awesome, what maybe we could do better next time, but everyone learns that because that's what it's about is teaching each other. So I, I guess, I mean, 90 years, you guys have organized things pretty well. So I guess somebody who has is terrified at public speaking, could come and learn. Mm -hmm. What about somebody who's pretty good at public speaking? How do they, uh, how do they fit in also? It's still practice. I'm not afraid of public speaking. It's been something that thankfully has been pretty natural for me. But I still like Toastmasters because it gives you the opportunity to continue to build your confidence. 
it's a skill set. You have to use it. And if you don't use it, you do lose it or it's not as sharp and you're not as clear or direct as you want to be. Therefore, even if you're a great public speaker, this gives you more opportunity to not only better yourself by practice, but also help others by sharing your knowledge and your information. All right. Um, I don't like committing to anything during COVID because That's I just fair. I try to stay away from the whole Zoom. I assume you're meeting on Zoom. We are. We are. We're meeting the first and third Monday of the month at 10.35 a.m. Okay. via Zoom. And then when... When COVID's over and everything's back to normal, if it, you know, whatever. Let's assume it goes back to the way it was before COVID. How often did you meet then? Same meeting pattern. First okay. and third Monday of the month, 1035 a.m. How long does the meeting last? Typically anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. Really depends on how many speakers we have. Okay. Is it a, um, is it a fee-based, uh, yeah? So, yeah. So what's the cost? The Toastmasters International dues are $45 every six months. Okay. And then as a new member, it's an extra $20, but the, you only pay that once. Even if you drop your membership and come back later, you're still only paying the, the $45 for six months. Okay. We also prorate it depending on when you join because we collect everyone's dues twice a year. So if you you know are in between, we'll only charge you X amount to yeah, sure. get you on track immediately. I will say some clubs also charge club dues. So if you go to another club and you really like them and you're like why is it six dollars more vicky said it was 45 (laughs) (laughs) they they have club dues to help pay for other pieces we've been very fortunate with our partnership with hollywood we've also worked very closely with blue ridge community technical college and we've been able to not have to pass those fees along all right great and if somebody's listening to this somewhere else i guess toastmasters.com is how you find dot org dot org that's how you find they've got to find a club right on the the main page very cool. And, and most then, of them have gone online right now, so you course. can definitely find them. You can go to a club meeting in another part of the world right now if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. We've had visitors from Canada. Uh, we had one from Uganda. We had one from Spain. It's been kind of a one of those weird, neat things that came out of this is if you really want to, you can go to a club anywhere. Nice. So I can see how the passion you have for Toastmasters would translate maybe into a you know, a good business idea. So why don't we move on to that? Tell me about Elevate Your Team. What it, What is it? Elevate Your Team was an idea that we had, I say we, my husband and I had years ago. When I first started working at the casino, I was 100% focused on training and development. And I was just passionate about everything I was learning, everything I was allowed to apply and do. And I would come home and tell my husband all these awesome things that I was doing. And he, of course, barely followed any of it. (laughs) And he would smile at me and be really excited for me. And then he would always end with, you need to do this for yourself. And I'm like, that's great. I'm the one that has insurance. (laughs) Like, I love your plan. I appreciate it. Uh, But it just never seemed like a, a reality for a very long time. And then we got to a point where my husband brought it up again. He's like, you should really, you should really do this for yourself. And I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe we could do this. Maybe this could be the time. And then I got pregnant and I did not want to do both at the same time. (laughs) It just didn't seem like something I wanted to try and, and juggle both uh, at that point. And then I was like, well, maybe when she starts school, we can look at it again. Uh, You know, maybe then. 
It was always something, right? There was an excuse or something got in my way or usually myself. And honestly, weirdly enough, this whole COVID situation brought it to light again that yes, the economy is crap. Yes, the first thing to usually go during this time frame is training. But it's really the perfect time for me to get started because I have all the time now to focus on content, focus on advertising, talk to people about opportunities, collaborate with others, let people know I'm here. And that way when the budgets open up a little bit in sure. the future, hopefully I'm top of mind and they'd want to bring me in. Vicki, you're, you're getting in the weeds. You're, I'm so excited. No, yeah, 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 <laughs> but you're, yeah, but you're in the weeds, so I, I still don't know what it is. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so what, so like, that, that's kind of like where did the concept come that's from? That's a good but, point. <laughs> like, tell me what it like, like it is and who it's for, mm -hmm. and then that'll spawn a whole bunch of questions. There we go. There we go. So Elevate Your Team is about collaborating to find the best solution to make your team successful. That could mean a lot of things. My wheelhouse is guest service, leadership development, communication, and employee engagement. So those are my four main areas that I can bring some strength to. So pick a company that would be an ideal customer and then kind of walk me through how some of those bullet points could be addressed. Yeah. So an ideal customer would be... For me, ideally, a small business, but I could absolutely work with a larger business. It's really, I'm looking at places that don't have the training and development in-house. Most companies don't. Right. That's a luxury. And I can bring that skill set to you because you're not going to pay a full-time person to do it. That's okay. That's not everyone's priority. But at the same time, you still have team members that are serving guests and you want them to have a certain level of guest service for their approach. You still have people that you want to promote into leadership positions and you're assuming they know how to communicate, they know how to delegate, they know how to follow up, they know how to uh, critically think, use, utilize emotional intelligence. Most people don't. We just push people into them and say, good luck, you can do this now, you have a title. Absolutely not. So bringing someone like myself in allows you to collaborate and figure out what the best approach is. Let's use a downtown bar or restaurant as mm -hmm. an example. Yeah. So they're serving the guests. Mm -hmm. There's management. Mm -hmm. There's upper management. There's trainees. Mm -hmm. There's servers. There's bartenders. Are you able to kind of like, um, kind of like role play me on that one? Like say, okay, here's how we would work with the servers or here's how we work with management or promoting management or succeeding in their goals to make management if that's their goal. That's their goals. Yeah. So you, there's a lot of things to unpack there. Okay. You talk about the servers first. That's your front line. That's the people that are taking care of the people that are making your business successful. So you have to sort of decide what level of service it is that you're looking for. You know, the Bavarian versus... Um, you know, Ortega's, that's two completely different approaches. Guest service training at the Bavarian is probably a longer ongoing experience versus Ortega's, which can sort of be narrowed down pretty quickly in this is your interaction. How can we make it the best interaction for your guests and for you? And then you've got your management piece. Do you want to develop a checklist of things that you want to make sure your supervisors or managers can do? 
Or do you want a full-blown training program? That's why I could think of it more of as a collaboration because each of these differences, each of these businesses are different and they're going to have really different approaches. And I think that's a good thing. It's, it's not one size fits all. Okay, okay, okay. So then let's use Bracken's Painting, coincidentally, one of the sponsors of this podcast. Uh, but so let's assume Bracken's Painting has eight employees. Okay. An owner, which would be me, the ultimate manager. And then there's the um, two or three foreman slash managers or project managers. Okay. Um, what would you ask me kind of on an on a initial assessment? What are your mission and vision as a company? Okay. Because I don't want to do anything that's not going to directly align with what you are trying to accomplish as a company. Vicky, can you help me create a mission? You know I can. Okay, good. <laughs> and then you'll help me understand the difference between a mission and a vision? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then let's assume that we are our mission. I'm going to get this wrong. Watch me get it wrong. <laughs> um Basically, we're, we're here to provide people with the service of changing the colors of their walls. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, as a goal, it's our, uh, our goal to do it uh, to make a profit, but to do it within budget margins. Um, for that to happen, I have to make sure my managers can visualize my schedule on it. This job will take five days. Mm-hmm. It should take five days. But whether they can or can't, I want my managers to be able to monitor the production of the frontline people, mm-hmm. right? I don't really know. I just, I just wonder, you know, what, where, where could you? And I guess you'd have to embed with the company for a little bit, right? It would be best case scenario, especially the path you're going down. I'd want to start knowing what are the competencies that are going to make that role the most successful. The first two that pop into my head is project management and delegation. And with delegation, of course, follow-up. So those are clearly two things that your managers have to be good at. So therefore, if they don't naturally come with that skill set, that's something that we might want to provide training or uh, job scenarios for because one of the things I worry about with training and I'm gonna say it training's not always the answer and that's crazy talk because I'm sitting here peddling training Mm -hmm. but I think enough adults have sat through some just crap training Mm -hmm. that people hear that word and they're immediately like that is the last thing I want to deal with right now or an industry that never has training so if I sat down my two or three managers they'd be like are you kidding me right are we doing We're not going to be working. We're going to be sitting here listening about how we should work. Right. (laughs) And something like that, the better way to go about it is to briefly go over the concepts of what project planning is, give them a framework, and then give them real tasks that you're working on. So that way they don't walk out with just a concept, a theory. They walk out with something that they can really work on that they they didn't have to do later. They've already done it now. We were talking about it earlier, you know, how often do you really read the manual to the car or to the phone? It's not about just theory. It's about smashing buttons and figuring it out together. Right. It being intuitive. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of said that you could work with larger businesses, but your goal is to be with smaller businesses. Um, 
how would somebody don't get me wrong i like large businesses oh yeah i will happily come and be a keynote speaker at any event that you want when it comes to communication engagement leadership teamwork i'm in uh but typically larger companies already have someone like me on their books and they don't need me as much as a small business does okay i've opened a few small businesses there is vision right there is mission do you want to tell me your vision Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you're like. Do you wait? Do you have it? I do. If it's memorized, is a totally different. Hold on. While you're looking it up, we're gonna take a break. Okay. Hold Sounds on one good. second. <laughs> have you heard of Bracken's painting? I started Bracken's painting back in 2011. We do both residential and commercial painting. We have contractors' licenses in West Virginia and Virginia, and we carry all the necessary insurances, like workers' comp, general liability. Uh, We operate a small staff that focuses on meeting the homeowner's needs and project manager's timeline expectations. Uh, We we try to have exceptional attention to detail. If you're interested in doing any sort of commercial or residential painting, please contact Bracken's Painting. More information can be found at www.brackenspainting.com. Okay, we're back. So, we were on vision and mission we are and uh how are they even different so your vision is more of your forward facing where do you want to be in 5 10 15 years there's a lot of approaches to go there i typically like a, a shorter range vision because it gives you a bit more focus and you should be revisiting it often it shouldn't be something you just create and go good luck because okay. so much changes And then your mission is really what are you trying to accomplish now? What are you as a business? It's your moral compass almost as a business. So my mission is to bring my passion to you to help elevate your team. And that can mean a lot of things, which we've discussed a lot of those approaches earlier. But it really focuses on engagement, communication, leadership, and teamwork. My vision is to be able to... I thought that was vision. No, my mission's now. Vision's future. I got you. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm like, Sorry. ooh, did I say it right? No, no. I, I, I'm glad you checked me. Thank you. No, I, I get confused. I, I, hear that, I, I, listen, I hang on every word. And I listen to everything you're saying. I'm trying to retain it. And sometimes it gets jumbled from four sentences ago. So. Right. <laughs> All right. And my vision is to – man, there's so many ways to say it. I should have written this down. My vision is to – just give it to me. I know, right? Bring people to an elevated place that they didn't think they could be at before. That's awesome. Because I think that we get caught up in the day-to-day and we don't take the time on ourselves. And I think that I can work with your team and you to do that. Okay. So you don't know much about the contractor or painting industry so let's not use bracken's painting as an example that's it's, fair <laughs> um you mentioned that it'd be service oriented so hospitality so yeah when i think of hospitality i think of um my favorite hotel which is holiday inn okay so um which i'm sure you understand all of that part so why don't you walk me through how you know you, you could work with a, uh, a hotel owner I would first want to know their mission and vision, like we mentioned before. I'd want to know their operating goals 
because I want to make sure everything that we do matches what they're trying to do. And Wait, then give me an example of an operating goal. Are they trying to raise their per room occupancy? Are they trying to focus on developing their new cafe? There's a lot of things that a hotel could be focusing on. Okay. Whatever I'm doing should match that. Understood. And then we can figure out, and then we can break it down to what is your, what role is your team playing that's going to make that successful? Holy crap. Give me an example. I'm oh, like, okay. I'm Sorry. Like, I know. No. I keep doing that. No, no, All right. It, so you're opening a new cafe in your holiday. I, I, I got to say this. <laughs> I, in concept, understand what you're saying. Right. How trying, do we apply I'm it? I'm trying to create <laughs> a... Uh, video in my head yeah okay so let's say you're opening a cafe in your new holiday inn and that means that you need a new type of staff so you need to hire staff that understands cafe work you need to train them to understand cafe work in a holiday inn and then you need to have ongoing opportunities for that staff whether that's leadership or a track into the hotel because not everyone's going to want to stay as a cafe barista forever. They're going to want to look for opportunities. And if you've got great talent working there, you want to have that available for them. So that's one approach. So with your experience in hospitality and hospitality training, are you – and again, this is where you correct me when I'm totally wrong. Like, Kevin, you're so wrong. <laughs> one time on an earlier podcast, I did um, a, a banking calculation, and I was drastically wrong. Recorded. <laughs> Just, I sound so stupid all the time. But I'm saying, so with your hospitality experience, are you saying, let's say with Holiday Inn and their new cafe, are you going to sit down with their team and kind of write the training manuals? Is it that in depth or is it just all kind of concept on what they should do? I can do both. Some people have the time, some companies have the time and money to be able to just completely do one from scratch. I also have off-the-shelf things that I've already – content that I've already created, especially focusing on guest service, which would be their number one concern for this new staff. But again, you want to tweak that because Holiday Inn's guest service is probably different than you know, a competitor. Awesome. Okay, so I, I understand there. I remember when I worked at um, fitness facilities in Manhattan and eventually in D.C. as the general manager it was my job to assess the property assess mm -hmm. what had to be done and then write step-by-step -step instructions for entry-level employees like lifeguards or um floor attendants at a gym not necessarily the most experienced type of staff so yeah. we broke we kind of wrote binders full of step-by-steps how do you close the pool mm -hmm. how do you clean the equipment mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff so is that Am I kind of envisioning the same sort of operational manual? You can absolutely do okay. that. And on top of that, not just the manual, because let's be honest, what happens to manuals a lot? Yeah. They get tossed. But what are the supporting job aids that can help make that more top of mind? Is it a friendly checklist that is on the wall? Is it something that's on your company's intranet if you have something that uh, force feeds information like through text or alerts, things of that nature? Finding other ways to get information out to people because people aren't going to always sit there and read through the manual. <laughs> nice. So I kind of interrupted you. So you would – Make sure that the hotels or the cafes' operational goals meet something that you can work with. Right? Mm -hmm. And then, mm -hmm. so what's next? If they have leadership, that's where I would focus next. Okay. 
because you got to get you got to get everyone sort of in place first before you can then get them to their next step. We call it career planning or succession planning. So your career planning is what does this frontline team member, what skills do they need to be at the next level? And then once you've identified what those skills are, you can help provide either direct training from me or at least have it identified so that way you can find resources in general to make that person the next supervisor or the next manager, so on and so on. The other thing that we can do long term is what I mentioned previously, which is succession planning. Now, let's say your manager walks out the door today and you have absolutely no clue who's going to fill that spot, how that spot's going to get filled, where that information is. So succession planning puts you in that scenario ahead of time. Therefore, you can go, well, you know what? Barista A is actually really close to that. If we spend a little bit of time developing that person, if we get caught like that, we can slide them into that spot. I love it. That's it's so valuable, but probably so often overlooked. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So that's the leadership. And what about leadership development? Do you guys mess around with that sort of stuff too? Yeah. Again, we've got things. I say we. I'm all by myself. I'm so used to saying we. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, I have several things that I can sort of cobble together already and create a plan for you. Or if you want to do a deeper dive and, again, look at the the competencies. So the competencies are the, the skills and abilities that a specific position needs to be successful. So it doesn't always mean that the person in it is succeeding in that at that moment. But I can say a painter has to have this, this, and this. And I would find that out by working with you. And then once you have those identified, you can build a leadership program around that. Okay. So this is all so fresh and new, Mm -hmm. your your company, you know, and I don't want to ask questions that just throw you for a curve, but let's, let's work through some things. I own a painting company. Mm -hmm. These times during COVID are challenging. I am working double hard for less gross and the challenges of keeping staff Um, and actually one of the reasons why i started this podcast is small business owners have their heads in the sand and when i say in the sand i mean the sand is everything they have to do every day nonstop, forever just to survive and i'm not trying to make it sound dramatic i'm just saying that there's small business owners are every department of a big company Yep. And all the staff of them, right? So I I want to, and if it's not available now, I, I just want to know, like, how do you educate your customer that Bracken's painting could use you? Mm-hmm. Or am I too small? Or should I commit to getting bigger and using your, you know, I just, I guess what I'm trying to say is, I would assume that a lot of companies would think that they were too small or couldn't afford it Mm -hmm. or that sort of thing. How do you counter those sort of like concerns? So two prong. One, there are businesses that are are too small. I'm out of the range of what their budget will hold, especially now with everybody working as hard as possible and less income. It's tight. Yeah, yeah. I get that. 
Um, so for that market, I am actually interested in partnering with Blue Ridge Community Technical College and the Chamber of Commerce in providing more of a group approach to those types of opportunities. So providing guest service for this level or guest service for fine dining level and as a just a whether it's online or in person, depending on where we are in the world at that point, but something that you could send two people to, an abolitionist could send two people to, and, you know, uh, Ortegas could send two people, so on and so on, just to make sure that that information is available to as many people as possible and a little bit more affordable for that group because they need training and these opportunities, honestly, just as much, if not more, than those that can afford it on a regular basis. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, I'll tell you, I, I'm excited to, to see it grow, and I love your position in the community. I mean, I see you around. I see your social media posts. Of course, I know your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I want to push hard. I want to ask all these, like, scenarios, you know, like, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? But I'm having a hard time, I guess, what's the word? Because I'm no longer in a service industry right even though painting provides a service and my guys are all um how do i put it individually coached by me or Mm -hmm. individually managed or when i and i counter problems hey guys if it's raining let's put a drop cloth down at the front door so we know we're tracking our shoes are dry by the time it hits somebody's floor or carpet that's a great version of service yeah um Let's make sure we pick up all of our cigarette butts if we're having a smoke break outside. That's a great service. And only needs to be trained with the right kind of staff once or twice. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, that training has taken hold. Mm-hmm. And still get, still requires follow-up, though, oh, yeah, <laughs> from de- you as a leader. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and definitely oversight. And that's sometimes it's just presence. But I guess you said some businesses are too small. Can you identify what too small might be or because that's that's the part I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so just tell me that. Like, what's what's too small? I think if you're two or three people, it would be more beneficial to do that in in a larger group setting that would be offered to the community. Bingo. Got it. I think if you're if you have a staff of eight or more. So not just leadership, but like your frontline staff, then you're probably in a a better wheelhouse. Uh, In fact, I had a call last week with a company that is about 40-ish people, and we are focusing on leadership is not a title because most of those people don't have titles, but they tend to not always act in a way that shows that they have ownership of their work and their job. So how do we identify what those skills are and give them those tools to do that? So you're talking about minimum. I'm not trying to pigeonhole you here. But of course, I, I, yeah. I have, to, I have to understand it. So a company that has one to two managers and at least four or five staff under each manager for mm-hmm. the most part, mm-hmm. where the staff is cohesive in a service environment, whether it's a laundromat, mm-hmm. right, like a dry cleaner, mm-hmm. or um, – takeout food or uh, hotel staff or maybe bed and breakfast kind of deal. Maybe yeah. Maybe. But basically and ideally it would be a hospitality or services focused company. Yeah. Okay. Mostly because that's 
what my experience is. I was with the casino for nine years. And then before that, I was with a restaurant industry for 10 years. So my all my stories are going to come from some sort of service background. I love it. So if there was any companies that might be listening or know or people that would know those companies, could you rattle off names of like ideal companies in the region that you'd be, love to work with? Ooh, well, I'd love to work with API uh-huh. and Hollywood if they would be interested. <laughs> um, what about see. River Riders? Ooh, Aren't they super, that's, that's, that's a great yeah. one. Yeah, I was a camp counselor for years too, so I'm all about some outdoors greatness. Right. But I mean, I, you, <laughs> um, the like, breweries—they've got a huge brewery up there. I love beer, right. so that also would be really awesome. <laughs> right. Awesome. I think that there's a lot in this community that people are passionate about. And I think that plays really well into what I can bring to them. This is a tourism town, yeah. right? Like that's that's what we do. And I think that why can't we elevate it together to make sure that we're doing it the best way possible? I mean, if that's what we're doing, let's do it great. Nice. Have you developed like an elevator pitch at all for this? Not too well, obviously. I'm clearly all over the place. Well, no, no. Being on a pod, being a, this it can be intimidating being on a podcast, yeah. or 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 maybe in a conversation like this, we, you are identifying because you also analyze people's speeches. You might be identifying difficulty communicating certain points which mm-hmm. is totally cool man it's, it's a new business owner <laughs> i mean but you're you're grinding like you you want to get it and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of about the story in this podcast it's supposed to be about the story of starting a business it's mm-hmm. supposed to be about the challenges and how did you know when the right time was we talked about that and then like you know what kind of business entity and how you decide how soon is too soon for an accountant and how soon is too soon for a bookkeeper you know that's what these kind of conversations are about mm-hmm. so if if it sparks something, you think about it, or you realize I want to nail, I'm gonna knock it out of the park next time somebody asks me yeah. a similar question. That that's totally cool. <laughs> but the, this podcast is about people getting to know you, mm-hmm. getting to know what your company is going to do or mm-hmm. does, and then whether they're a customer of that company or not. Mm-hmm. So of your company. So I, I feel like we're kind of getting there in this conversation. What what have I not asked that I should have asked? Hmm. Let's see. I'm going to check my notes while we're thinking. Because That's a great idea. I know. I, I emailed <laughs> like, you a I couple took questions. Notes. <laughs> and um, let's see here. There you are. Um, oh, you kind of explained that. And you explained that. You explained that. Vicky, I think we covered everything. At least did. that I brought up. I think in the end, you know, being an individual owner, you know, just one person sort of saying, me, me, me. The question is, why me? And the answer is, because I have the knowledge and the experience that you're looking for. I can hear the confidence. Most, I believe you. Yeah, most companies don't have the in-house experience of how to train adults, how to take the information and make it something that not only you want to learn, but you also want to apply. That's huge. And I can do that. And and di- I want digestible. To do that. It has to, can't be too big of a mouthful. Can't oh, be- yeah too light but just the right level of of content to keep people's attention when in this era it's like impossible to keep anyone's attention <laughs> well it's more like bad press even bad press is out of people's minds in six hours it's crazy yeah. how that works but um 
So why you? That makes sense. You've been in the industry, you know it, and you've been a trainer. Mm-hmm. And this this harkens back. I, I, it reminds me of I was a corporate trainer for a uh, a big chain restaurant. Oh like yeah, anytime, me too. That's wonderful. <laughs> anytime new talent would come in, we would have to train them on menus and service and how to do this and where to go to get the drinks and don't go behind the bar and all these all these little rules and stuff. But as well as keeping that energetic kind of high service environment attitude huge yeah. uh, i opened over 20 new restaurants what when i was with that uh, i worked for ruby tuesday in Very their cool. heyday yeah. and uh, i traveled through dc maryland virginia north carolina mostly uh, i think i did one in new jersey and i just loved the energy of it you talk that's what made me think about it, it the high energy you know taking everything that you know giving it to someone else and watching them be successful with that What's, it's cool. Yeah, and what's interesting, and I'm not sure if you had the same experience, maybe you have, but the one that I opened was a Champs. Oh, uh, yeah. With the two Ps, Champs. And <laughs> it, was, it was one of the ones in um, closer to D.C. And I have stayed lifelong friends with the people that we opened with. This one lady, I have not seen her in 18, 19 years, and we're friends on Facebook and mm-hmm. chat occasionally. Mm-hmm. You know, in... I'm really close friends with a lot of people, and I don't even see them, but we have a connection through trial by fire, I guess. I see. You have this shared experience, and you find this in the service industry. Uh, I find especially in restaurants because there tend to be these big moments that it's do or die. You know, uh, Black Friday is a great example. All of a sudden, you're doing triple the sales and the amount of time that you would normally, you know, right. only do a couple grand and all of a sudden it's like, go, go, yeah, go. Yeah, right. One of my last really great experiences of that in the restaurant business was when Hollywood Casino opened table games. I was at this Ruby Tuesday and it was July 4th weekend and most restaurants don't do a lot of sales July 4th weekend because everyone's having barbecues. Right. And I was staffed to the hilt. I had to put on a huge truck order and my director comes in and he's like, what are you doing? Why, why do you have all this labor and things going on? And I'm like, cause they're going to open table games and we're going to get our butts handed to us. And we did. And it was incredible. We were really quite successful with that uh, opening weekend as sort of just the side, you know, piece of what was going on, but we were ready for it. And uh, when you talk about those lifelong friends, I met my husband through Ruby Tuesday, nice, yeah. my best friend from Ruby Tuesday. I would say almost half of our wedding had people that we had met from Ruby Tuesday. That's great. So then, so that, that paints more of a picture. So you have that kind of commercial restaurant training experience. Then you have casino experience. That all ties in. I mean, that's, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And it helps me understand what kind of a company – would really benefit by having you on board. Um, that's great. What, what have we missed? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Check, check your notes. <laughs> Let me check my notes. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we wrote things down ahead of time, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember back then you had to memorize all the ingredients and stuff and all the, all the foods. Not and, no more. And then you had to. Uh, <laughs> it was just, it was, we took it really seriously. Well, you should if you want your business to be successful. And if people aren't taking it seriously, then maybe you need to reevaluate whether they should be there. Yeah. And it's for both sides. They're clearly not enjoying what they're doing. So we'll give them an opportunity to go find what will work better for them because it's not this and it's dragging you down. 
I think we talked about everything. We talked about me. We talked about my experience, my love of the community. Oh, I'm also on the board for the Opera House, so a little plug for them because they're wonderful. They do a lot of great work in the community. Not only do they have the plays, but they also have a very active dance uh, studio that I don't think people realize how active it is. Well, I was just about to ask you, what should we talk about on our next podcast? Oh. Why don't we do Opera House next time? That's a great idea. Because I don't know anything about it. Oh my goodness. They are amazing. Okay. <laughs> Definitely we'll... the Opera House. Oh, I wrote that I've dabbled in bros and bras. <laughs> Everybody has. <laughs> That's my favorite note on this whole sheet. Yeah. Dabbled in bros and bras. <laughs> well, we're still here. So yeah. you can come on out anytime you I'm want trying to. to think the first time I really remember meeting you and I'm not saying it is the actual first time but I remember meeting you at Race for the Ribbons 5K because I was always the announcer and oh. uh, I remember your group being there and you had the flag and you were running everybody in and I remember my my boss at the time she's retired she's no longer there was very confused about the name of your organization I'm sure. <laughs> she's older a little more on the conservative sure. side and she definitely needed a little bit of talking to to understand what was going on uh, and I just remember enjoying that whole experience because it was just so funny to me uh how our world changes and how we all interlock together so it was kind of cool yeah mm-hmm. the, um, we love the uh, race for the ribbon and mm-hmm. that's one of the really local 5ks mm-hmm. and, and, and our club really hinges on those 5ks we like doing those races yeah I mean, they've all grown to do much longer races but um what's amazing to me is even not so much during covid of course but before <laughs> we were we were 10 to 25 percent of the field at every race we went to we were a big force and to have yeah this fitness gang which is what it was created to be that's wonderful <laughs> we're a fitness gang mm-hmm. we would show up in force in our matching shirts or something all of our shirts said something on there had to do with bros and bras and yeah we had the flag and people were like what is this group it's wonderful yeah it's crazy <laughs> right how how wonderful it is but it's it's a wonderful group, and I and we had a lot of confusions, especially when we had a little shop downtown. They're like, "Do you guys sell men's bras for heavy guys?" Oh, Do you, uh, no. We were we were uh, called a transgender clothing store at one point. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Uh, um, people thought we sold porn and lingerie. No. Oh yeah, yeah. That, I got hit with that one one time. And and the bros and bras name was probably the primary resource why we did not get grants is because our name was. So wow. Wonky. But BRO stands for the Bracken's Running Organization. Yeah. BRA stands for the Bracken's Racing Association. Nice. Even though it's BROs and BRAs. And it, it, it was all created by um, Sean Leonard. There's no chance you're listening to this, but I know Sean <laughs> Ducey came up with the, uh, the name of the BROs and BRAs. And we were riding the back of a work truck one day. That's wonderful. Yeah, so it goes way back. <laughs> well, Vicky, let's wrap this up. I think I think we have a pretty good gist of what you do. I'm excited to see where it's going. And next time we get together, we'll talk about the opera house that would be wonderful all right cool any any last words good to go no i'm wonderful thank you for this opportunity again this is really a new venture for everybody but i think that there's a huge opportunity to make sure that your team has the tools they need to be successful and it's you as a business owner that can make that happen and we can do it together well i imagine people are way more interested in hiring somebody they can hear speak to the passion of their business like we just did Mm -hmm. and i I think that's a real step in the right direction so well thanks for being on the podcast my pleasure have a great day you too
Today's intro song is called Mean in a Good Way. It's written and performed by Peter Clark off of his album, Peter Clark After Dark. Peter, <laughs> Peter describes this song as being the best song to learn hula hooping to. Peter is an avid hooper and recently started a hula hoop repair business. If you ever need hula hoop repair, consider contacting Peter. You can reach him on SoundCloud. Just search Peter Clark After Dark.